Hello, everybody. Welcome to Medium Cool bonus content. I am your host, Austin Glidden, and uh, this is a continuation of episode 73, where um, I kind of abruptly just cut it at one point because we went way too long and it just seemed like a perfect place to cut it because this episode is actually going to start exactly where I cut. So there's no kind of editing at the beginning. I just thought, hey, let's just throw the whole thing in there. And from here on, we're basically going to be talking about uh, the uh, David Arquette documentary, You Cannot Kill David Arquette, which is about him going back to wrestling after 20 years almost or however many years. And uh, so that that's fun. That documentary is awesome. Really excited for you guys to hear about that. But then we're going to kind of segue into um, just kind of wrestling talk. You know, um, I'm sure our podcast will be much more heated and much more exciting. But we had already did. I don't know four hours of podcasting up to that point. <laughs> so I think we were all, I think he and I were just wearing down at that point. Um, but it's fun. And, and we talk a lot about wrestling. There is a, um, an AEW pod, uh, but not podcast. There's an AEW pay-per-view this Sunday, March 6th. And if you're not familiar with AEW or well, I say this Sunday, this episode is going to come out after that. But, um, Last Sunday, I guess, uh, March 6th, there was a pay-per-view, and what we did was uh, we ended up just talking about our predictions. So as you hear our predictions, you can even just Google, if you didn't watch the show, you can Google to see if we were right, um, or you can tune in on March 14th, because we're going to be addressing all of that uh, on our live stream podcast, twitch.tv backslash LWIWpod, LWIW for Last Week in Wrestling. Um, so just those initials, Last Week in Wrestling, LWIWpod. And uh, we're all kinds of places. I'm going to put this stuff in the uh, description. So definitely go check us out. And if you can, go to our YouTube and just subscribe, okay? I don't care if like later you just unsubscribe, that's fine, but it's like such a stupid thing. I think we talk about it here in the bonus content. It's just like a stupid thing content creators have to deal with. You have to have like a hundred subscriptions before you can have like a specific uh, a handle at the end. So like youtube.com backslash, you know, medium cool pod or backslash last week in wrestling. If I want those things, I have to have a hundred, a uh, hundred subscribers because if not, it's literally just a bunch of random letters and stuff. And I get why they do it. Um, and and I, I, I appreciate and like the reason they do it. It's just annoying when we're actually serious and we want to post stuff and we want to have fun with this and uh, we can't get our damn name. So if you feel so inclined, go to our YouTube and uh, it is linked in the show description and just give us a subscribe. It's going to help us out tremendously. So all that said. I want us to uh, jump in to today's episode, and you can listen to Charlie and I geek out about wrestling and wrestling predictions and documentaries, all that and more. Thank you so much for tuning in. Here we go. Uh, I'm not good at this whole social media thing. The point is, uh, guess who is? My friend Charlie here. And uh, luckily, he's producing the other show, so maybe it'd be better. <laughs> um, well, it's not going to take much. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, that's our show for today. No. Um, so we are uh, just to take a, a brief moment. And this is the moment where if you don't give a fuck about wrestling, you're welcome to leave. I'm going to talk about a wrestling documentary, though. So if you like documentaries. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the segue is we're actually going to talk about a movie first, uh, kind of leading into this. But um, we are going to talk. I want to give you guys a little heads up on what our podcast is 
This will not be the dynamic. I very much expect us to argue a lot more, but we'll see. Um, maybe we tend to actually agree a lot on the wrestling thing, except for like yeah. shit like uh, like step think- down, nerd. Like we would fight so well, hard about that. Um, Our wrestling arguments are largely kfab, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. Learn to say the right words before we do this, buddy. Uh, so anyway, uh, <laughs> anyways, I, we've effectively recorded two podcasts today, so fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so uh, the movie I want to talk about is one I want to give uh, Charlie a chance to talk about because I watched it and talked about it very briefly on the show last year when it came out, but uh, I just got Charlie on it, which he had never heard of it. Uh, this is uh, You Cannot Kill David Arquette, the documentary that came out last year. Uh, and again, this is only like a three and a half out of five, uh, like kind of level doc for me. But it's, please do not let that deter you. This is super entertaining. Uh, it's a Great fun story. story. And it's by the dude from Scream. Like, you know, what I mean, like, like, I mean, uh, and ready to rumble, of course. But um, course. yeah, his whole story, just a quick backstory. And then, Charlie, I want to let you talk. Uh, mm-hmm. His the whole backstory of the movie, uh, for those of you who don't know uh, this movie, is uh, basically in what was the year that that other one came out 99 i think it was ready to rumble it was the late 90s Uh, and it's whenever the wrestling promotion uh wcw was uh they were starting to be on their way down at this point um they they had already been at the top of the chain and now they're losing the wwe and uh so they bring david arquette and a few other people in they had different jay leno was fucking a part of a p uh pay-per-view i mean these people are wrestling guys uh dennis rodman and and carl malone had a whole thing so context they had, they had ted turner money who is connected like turner broadcasting networks he owns one of the was i think maybe still at the time one of the largest conglomerates yeah of media conglomerates He's a billionaire. in the country right yeah yeah, so he can get whoever he wants on this wrestling show. So it no longer becomes wrestling. It's now purely entertainment in some ways at WCW at this time. It was so terrible. So uh, my whole point in bringing that up is David Arquette was one of these people. And uh, he was on there, and he won the world title. And this is when w- a lot of people consider this the real just like cliff fall uh, of WCW it was already going downhill. And this was the moment because oh, in wrestling, the real quick thing to understand is uh, people get really pissed. If you devalue the title, they mm-hmm. want the title to be great. So when you put people in that position as the champion, uh, it puts them over and it helps you see them as great champions. When you let an actor who has no wrestling experience, get in there and just win the title just because um, that mm-hmm. pissed off so many people and actually ruined his career. So David Arquette actually uh, struggled to get roles after that. Um, as the, as of the taping in this show, I believe it was like ten years since his last proper like proper gig. Yeah, I just I just finished the documentary earlier today. Uh, I watched part of it. Either way, uh, I think they said eight years. It was eight years in between roles, and then the upcoming one was uh, the upcoming Scream. Yeah, is the one they're alluding to is about to happen at the in the film. Yeah, so it's. I mean, like it basically the film follows him. You learn all that at the beginning. The film follows David Arquette uh, as he's trying to essentially he grew up as a wrestling fan. He actually really loves wrestling. He meets up with some wrestling legends and like Diamond Dallas Page and different people. And he's basically just like, hey, I want to make this better. Can you just help me? Like, can you help me get in? Because it's not even for my career. I just want to do this justice and I want people to know I'm not just a fuck ass. And I actually he loved to, wrestling so much. He wanted to make it better. Yeah, he just wanted to make, make amends. What he did, yeah, make amends. Yeah, thank he you. He wanted to make amends, and 
just say like, hey, I wasn't just some asshole trying to win the title. They put that on me. I just I just want to make this better. And the whole doc is him starting from the ground up backyard wrestling with shitty rings and not getting paid and getting cut open and yeah, (laughs) getting beat up real bad. And then he does hardcore matches with the most fucked up people imaginable and almost dies literally. Um, And I mean, he gets trained. He goes to Mexico. And I mean, dude, he does all kinds of crazy shit. And we'll talk about it quite a bit here because I I mean, I'm not trying to deliberately go into spoilers, but I am going to openly talk about this movie. I will say this, though. You just have to see it to believe it. Like, there's a lot of awesome shit about it. We want if we if you don't watch it, 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 if you if you don't watch it and you don't watch wrestling, what we're about to say will mean nothing to you. Once you actually see what we're talking about, it's it's an incredible documentary in a lot of ways, right? Uh, I distinctly remember the David Arquette years at WCW. Me too. Uh, I was a WCW watcher, not WWF at the time. And um, I don't remember hating it that much because I was young, right? Like I was, Same. you know, I wasn't super old. And I, I used to watch remember, Jay Leno, so I thought that was awesome. That's Yeah, horrible. it was just like, I know this fucking guy. He's going to be in the wrestling movie. It's cool. I don't remember having any ill will towards it, but like, as you got, as I got older, right, you get more into wrestling, you start learning about the history and the, the ins and out of the business, blah, 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 blah. Um, it was really interesting. And what really kind of connected the movie to me was like how much he actually fucking loves wrestling. And he wasn't just a dude, right? He has a macho man and Miss Elizabeth tattoo on his back. And all throughout the movie, it's built up in this way. It's very much a redemption story arc. There's no doubt about it. That is what they're trying to accomplish. And it's done in such a way where the highs are really high and the lows are really fucking lows. And I was telling Austin before we went, uh, we recorded earlier, like there's a couple moments like I almost got choked up watching this fucking thing. Um, and man, you know, it, it, like you said, it's not the greatest doc I've ever seen, but the story behind it and being connected to wrestling, you know, at least how I am. And I assume you are to some degree, you know, similarly, like it's a, it's a fucking cool thing to watch. It is a cool thing to watch. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, that is I'd exactly put it up there how the resurrection I resurrection of Jake, the snake, like in these terms of like learning about these things that I remember from my childhood and seeing the, the repercussions you know, years later mm-hmm. and how these people can make themselves better and build themselves back up and do what they have to do to be okay in whatever way. Okay. Means for them. Yeah. I, I love this documentary again, not the best documentary I've ever seen, but as a personal like thing that I, I would probably watch it again and I'd watch it right encourage now. anybody who enjoys wrestling to watch this thing. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it, it, but here, so here's the thing. This is why it's not like a perfect because I'm sitting here talking like it's a five star movie. This is the reason. This is the reason. Is but this is the reason though, because because it's it is not good because of the filmmaking. It's no, not good because of any of the other shit. It's because just the story's good. You know what I'm saying? Like and that's like what makes a documentary almost every time. The story is what makes it. It's not hard to film a documentary. No, it's one camera. Get a little bit of bokeh, and you're good to go. Yeah, right. Like. If you can't get the story out of those people, you know, you, you ain't got much. Unless you get like this weird talking head thing. But what they're trying to do, this like in the moment documentary thing, it's captured so well. And David Arquette has a fascinating story, right? Whether you like wrestling or not, it doesn't matter. Doesn't this at dude all. was at his lowest. He was sober for like less than a year. And this was his outlet to like stay sober yeah. and like make amends for the thing that literally ruined him. What an amazing like I can't yeah. champion that story enough. It's so good. Yeah, so that that that's that's the real key. I mean, 
you know, the Jake the Snake uh, thing where he goes to DDP's <laughs> thing and all that. <clears throat> That's another thing. The, the, the story. And of course, I think I think this is better than that one. But um, but the, I love that. Mo- I love that Jake the Snake one. But it's only because of the content that it's being shown. It is not yep. well made. It's just capturing the thing that's interesting. Uh, unlike other movies that are actually great films and have an equally compelling story, I would say something like uh, Terry Zweigoff's uh, Crumb. I don't know if you saw that doc. Crumb. I have seen Crumb. I think yep. Crumb is incredible. I think it tells his very story good. and is very well done. Um, so, <laughs> you know, there, there are some movies. Uh, I think Michael Moore's the most obscene version of this where he makes his movies movies while yeah. also making them docs. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not talking whether they're good or bad. I'm just saying as an extreme to make well, sense from, of as it. As a filmmaker. Yeah. As, yeah, from a filmmaker. He's like, very much is, a filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, like Jake, this, uh, the Resurrection of Jason Snake, uh, David Arquette one, we can grab two DSLR cameras with a reasonable lens and go film this, right? We're not, like, these are just guys holding a camera and capturing what's happening. Not to knock that. That is very much its own it thing. It still looks Learning good. To get those moments. It looks yeah. good. I'm not saying it doesn't. But it's a very different form of filmmaking, right? Like, not it still takes a lot of talent. You know, the editing process, blah blah blah. blah. I'm not trying to like uh, diminish what they did, but it's it's a completely different way of understanding and looking at film. I think. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to watch the resurrection of Jake the Snake and think it's going to be the next fucking Tarantino film, right? It's not going to be shot the same way. It's doing different things, Uh, but in that context, this it's it's all story driven, and those are. Two very interesting stories. I think David Arquette's is way more compelling uh, in the way it's told, whether it's that in real life, I don't know. But man, I love that movie. And I can't thank you enough for recommending it in a yeah. lot of ways. Dude, it's great. So, um, especially when you're going to do a wrestling podcast. It's a great thing to have in your arsenal. You know what I'm saying? That's right. No, that's it's, right. I want to talk about a couple of scenes though that really, really get to me. Um, I assume they're probably going to be the same. Well, not, I when one, I say that, I don't mean like choked up per se, just the ones that really stick with no, me. I, no, 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 I know, I know what you mean. Okay, uh, so, so one thing David Arquette learns is uh, how people come up with great gimmicks. Mm-hmm. For those of you movie fans that don't know what a gimmick is, it is essentially the character. You know, Stone Cold mm-hmm. was the Stone Cold Steve Austin, which I'm sure you know, uh, was the the uh, rattlesnake, the 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 redneck who beat up the the blue collar worker who beat up the white collar uh, boss. Right, that was his mm-hmm. gimmick. Uh, he doesn't take shit from anyone. He's just a tough guy, right? And he, he got over. Uh, the Rock, same thing. Like, you know, he could do comedy. He could do all the things. Comedy could be serious. He was a great talker, and he was just a person for the people, right? He was the people's champion, as he would call himself. And it was all about that kind of, like, populist thing. That was his character, that he had a certain talk, the way that he would speak and everything. But then even going back into, like, uh, like uh, The Ultimate Warrior, in the 80s, you know, like that was his gimmick. He's not actually like some weird alien being that is like wrestling, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, but my point is like that was a gimmick. Macho Man Randy Savage is not a real king, uh, you know, uh, nor is the king Jerry Lawler. I mean, these are gimmicks. The Repo Man was not a real Repo Man. OK, <laughs> like, you know, uh, you, you brought up. um Kane's old uh, dentist gimmick like he comes out yeah, like a, Isaac Yankum. Isaac Yankum. <laughs> yeah, he, that's a gimmick, right? He's, his name's Glenn Jacobs. He's kind of an asshole. But anyways, yeah. uh, Glenn Jacobs. Uh, but, you know, Isaac Yankum, that was a gimmick. So anyways, I've already beaten that dead horse. The point is, that's a gimmick. So the way you do a good gimmick is you you basically take a part of who you are, 
Like you kind of are true to yourself, but they say you amp that up to like 11, right? So you're a bigger, more grandiose version of yourself. So like, uh, you know, the undertaker is not a real dead man, but whenever he did the badass gimmick on the bike, that is very much Mark Cal- he, uh, Calloway. He's He's yeah, Mike uh, Mark Kelly. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely a biker. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, so that's like very much him, right? Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, like his mentality and the way that he s- talked and the don't trust anyone. That's very much him, right? What? He's a beer drinker. Yeah, all that shit. What? Um, <laughs> but like it was just amped up, like way high. So uh, they so all this to say, I think it was DDP, but you can correct me. Whoever whoever told him that get that thing, uh, he. Uh, David Arquette really loves magic. So he so <laughs> so his gimmick is he's like a magician, rest like a the wizard. <laughs> the magic man. David the magic man Arquette. Yep, yep. And and he he would go in the ring it and shoot these like movie. magic tricks out of his hands and stuff. <laughs> yeah, his streamers out of yeah. his out of his uh which a lot of other I mean, I mean, wrestlers have done that, but he just does yeah. it and he loves it and and he's a geek. He's not cool, but he keeps this fucking gimmick for a while. And in a similar way that like Dan Housen or anyone else, Orange Cassidy yep. get over David Arquette kind of gets over as the magic man because it's like everyone's kind of in on the joke that this is a terrible gimmick. Yeah. By the end, you know, the documentary would have you believe everybody fucking loves him. Like, of course. Right. Like we're not caring yeah. about spoilers. Like He seems super over. And I think he probably legitimately was. Um, I didn't realize he had this run in the indie circuit like he did, but he's, he's has this really outlandish gimmick that is somewhat playing into like the ridiculousness of him being a wrestler, but it gets over. It just gets over because he actually learns to wrestle opposed to what it was, you know, at this point, 20 years ago when he won the world title. Yeah. Right. He couldn't wrestle for shit, but now he's like dropping fucking hurricane Rana's and fucking cross body blocks from the top rope. It's like this dude figured it out. Elbow drops. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just the whole thing. Dude does uh, some crazy shit, and he actually learns the business. And people, he got to a point where people actually respected him as a wrestler. He's not good. Nasty boys. Yeah, notoriously tough promoters and bookers. Uh, Jerry, Sa- uh, not Jerry, Sa- uh, the other one. I don't know real name. The blonde nasty boy doesn't I'm matter. A fucking poser. Like, it's fine. That dude is a fucking. Like he's a tough dude, like pure wrestling guy. Even at the end, like those two have made amends after all the shit that went down with them. Like wild. Yeah, uh, wild. it's uh, Brian Nobbs. Brian Nobbs and that's uh, it. Jerry. Sager. Yeah, he fucking hated David Arquette. I mean, like, hated like uh, what he did to business. Yep. Like, yeah, I'm trying not to get too inside because this is the movie part of the of our podcasting here. But, right. um, right. but the point is, like, they really he really hated him, and they make amends because. Because it's not that David Arquette ends up being a good wrestler. He's he gets it. He at least does the thing right. But it's the fact that like he's showing that he cares. He has put he the work speech. in to get in. Went on the road. Yep. He was a dude that, you know, was kind of out of shape. He gets in really good shape in this movie. Um, there's uh, also a great point. I can't tell you how fun this movie is to watch. You should just watch it. The ups but, and downs are they just keep on coming. Yeah, he he gets in a hardcore match, a death match rather, uh, for GCW, which is uh, the promotion I told you about earlier, Charlie. Uh, mm-hmm. With the most fucked up guy, go to YouTube right now and wa- type in "Dark Side of the Ring," Nick Gage, not on Hulu as well. Not Nick Cage, Nick Gage. Okay, G A G E. He is he is fucked. This guy. 
All right. This dude is fucked. Um, and he almost kills David Arquette. Literally. I'm Literally. not joking. Like yeah. <laughs> he slices his neck uh, with a fluorescent bulb like the glass. Uh, it's a, It was an accident. But still, you know, he almost kills David Arquette um, because he doesn't <laughs> give a fuck. Like he's going to hurt you. Like that's what his death matches are. So his carelessness to it on guys fucking foreheads, the cut them open the hard way. Funny I mean, story real quick. To make Just, them bleed. Funny story. Were, were you around whenever uh, Nick Gage fought Chris Jericho on AEW? Yep. Okay. Sure so was. funny story real quick, guys. Uh, on AEW national television on uh, it was on TNT at the time. Prime time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Nick Gage had an appearance like a cameo appearance, basically. One match. He was signed to a contract, one match, and he wrestles Chris Jericho during this like kind of gauntlet of matches he was doing. And uh, AEW, uh, much like Charlie has told me how most sports do, whenever they go to commercials, they have a picture-in-picture. Picture. And there's a point where there's a close-up of the camera, and Nick Gage pulls out a pizza cutter, and he starts slicing Chris Jericho's head, literally, like blood and everything. And simultaneously, while this is happening in picture in picture, there's a Pizza Hut commercial or 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 like Papa John's or whatever Domino's. It was Domino's. There's a Domino's commercial with pizza, and you can't make that shit up. They were pissed. Okay, so I'm pretty sure they backed out of their sponsorships. But uh, the joke itself is worth worth the loss in it's, cash. What a moment! I mean, just you can't make that up. That's too good. But anyway, so uh, so David Arquette wrestles. Uh, it has no idea what he's getting into. I didn't think he knew who Nick Gage was. And that motherfucker, it looks like they're in a studio apartment. It was yeah, such it's, a it's, small room. And there's like there's like a ring and it's packed wall to wall, shoulder to shoulder. And there's no outside no the ring. Barricade. No well, barricade. well, there's no outside the ring. They're up against I, yeah, the ring. Right. Yeah. So it's like like you don't go out the ring. You're just fighting. And they're hitting each other with fluorescent bulbs and chairs. And I think probably thumbtacks. I don't remember the specifics, uh, but. There's yeah, all just the anything shit. You can imagine, match, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a point where David Arquette gets his throat sliced, like his ju- like where his jugular is, you know, and Literally. and he yep. he you see him stop and he grabs his neck and he just leaves the ring like he's going to go he get help. The match, but then he turns around and he goes, no, you know what? I have to finish this. Ma-. Like, this is the whole point of me doing this. And oh, he, he sacrifices, God. you know, as far as he's concerned. Now, he wouldn't have probably bled out, but as far as he's concerned, he doesn't know. He so, no so you know, he'd sacrificed to do this. Now, for some people might be like, that's stupid. Yeah, it is. But the point is, it furthers that story, right? Like, yeah, and, yeah I mean, that's and if he's trying to get in good with the business, which is very much about being and cutting your teeth and like being part of it, you can't walk out on that. If he would have walked out in that moment in terms of uh, in context of thinking about wrestling and like in the film itself, right? If he would have walked out at that moment, he would have lost everything he'd just been working for, right? It would have been over for him. He had his fucking throat cut and came back and finished the goddamn match. Are you kidding me? Yeah, a death match. What a moment. This what isn't, a fucking This moment. isn't fucking WWS circa 1998 hardcore matches, guys. It, it, death it matches are thin, fucked, okay? Yeah, We're talking... Thin trash cans. Yeah. We're talking uh, panes of glass across two chairs and getting slammed through it and real glass like you just buy at a hardware store. We're talking, yeah. uh, you know, we're talking multiple fluorescent bulbs taped together and being crashed over with all those chemicals inside that are just being flashed around. We're talking barbed wire. Um, I mean, Nick Gage also almost died uh, in a hardcore match because of a fluorescent ball. Those are much more dangerous yep. than you think. 
Um, but yeah, it, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, and they shed everywhere, and they're easy because they don't really hurt that much. I I hear yeah. I've never been hit with one, but the it's problem the is, shards. yeah, there are just shards everywhere. Um, and it just, I mean, there are two instances with Nick Gage's hardcore match. I mean, he literally hit an artery and was bleeding out, yeah. and luckily they were able to keep him alive. I mean, his story is crazy. The other, like, there's so much like further context, maybe something that's a little bit more relatable. Like these guys take staplers and literally staple each other in the fucking head. Yeah, right. Like these guys don't fuck around. Like, it, imagine that. It's like, that's your job is to get stapled in the forehead. Yeah. It's insane. And some people are so crazy to show how tough they are. They'll just staple themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, this New is Jack the, used to do that, right? I mean, uh, New Jack. And what's, I can't remember the Necro. Why can't I think of his name? Uh, uh, Necro Butcher. He was in, uh, the Necro yeah, Butcher used to do that GW. shit, too. Uh, he would, like, staple dollar bills or something to his head. He's also in The Wrestler, yeah, yeah. funny enough. But that's anyways, right, um, anyway, so guys, th- like you got to watch this movie if you haven't seen it. I talked it up when I watched yeah. it, but um, when Charlie watched it and he was hyped about it, I thought it was a great segue. Actually, it was his idea, but a uh, great segue to get into the wrestling podcast. Uh, go check out uh, You Can't You Cannot Kill David Arquette. It's really great. Oh, real quick. Um, also, didn't know this uh, in Mexico. Um, if you are like learning how to wrestle. Uh, you know how you have like you'll have buskers um, in like big cities or you'll have people come up and wash your windows and expect a, um, got a, bench, you know, I got a busker. Yeah, like you'll, you'll, you'll they'll ask for change and people give them change during a red light or whatever. Well, in Mexico, the luchadors will do, wrestle a two minute match in the fucking street and then run around to all the cars and like make some bank that day. Um, and they'll just do it for like four hours or whatever. And they'll just do these little micro matches during a red light. And and fucking David Arquette does this shit. I still have never heard anyone who knew this existed. Like, even when I hear people talk about it, they're like, I had no idea this was a thing. It's fucking that awesome. Was gonna be the moment I, I was going to mention, like, I had no idea. Uh, and it's not like little like they're actually like slamming each other, doing different moves. David Arquette. To climb on top of a ladder and cross body block these fucking guys jumps off like, just slams him yeah in the middle of the fucking street in Tijuana yeah <laughs> and and they're and they're doing these moves and they don't fall a lot they don't slam a lot it's all like these counters and flips and it just it's like it's like they fucking theater is <laughs> how they decide who wins yeah to or, or gets hit with a chair or it takes a bump I think is what it looks like in the in the film yeah it's it's, it's great. Wild, you got you guys got to check this doc out again. It's not going to blow your mind, but man, for an entertaining, fun, but also kind of sad and endearing time. I mean, this is a great story, and that's the key. Like you said, great story, it was something worth documenting, and I'm so glad it happened. And I'm so happy for David Arquette that he had the opportunity to do this. I really hope all the things that happened in that were genuine, because I feel like they were. Um, I hope it wasn't just a work. It. Um, yeah, because it's also something you could very easily make a doc these days about and cash in on. And I don't believe oh, yeah. he did that. So um, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, he dealt with some. I mean, there's moments of like dealing with some pretty dark shit in that, like his history of addiction and like relapse and stuff like that. It would it, it would take a really kind of low person, I guess, to uh, put that out there for that. And he he's the exact. There's no way. There's no way. It had to be real. I think it was. I agree with you. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, you cannot kill David Arquette. We did not, I did not watch this recently, but Charlie did. And it kind of ties into a podcast that we're going to be doing. Uh, give me a chance to say this, and then I'll let you guys know when we're about to go on like uh geek central real quick. Um, because we're actually going to give our, 
Revolution or AEW Revolution predictions. It's a pay per view coming out this Sunday, uh, March sixth. We are not being paid by AEW, despite what I guarantee people will say once we start <laughs> this. Um, but uh, yeah, AEW is our favorite wrestling uh, promotion right now. We're going to be covering that predominantly. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be fun. Uh, they have a pay-per-view coming out this week. I'm going to be gone, unfortunately, so I'm not going to be able to see it until I get back. Um, but we're going to give our predictions. Uh, but, yeah, we are doing a podcast called Last Week in Wrestling. You can find us on, uh, dude, where all the places, Twitch and YouTube are where we're going to be uh, airing. Yeah, go ahead. You can find us on TikTok at Last Week in Wrestling. You can find us on Instagram at Pod. Uh, on Twitch, also LWIWPod, and YouTube, uh, well, we're working on that. You know, what, what hard- we really need is 100 people to follow us so that we can actually make it last week in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really what we the thing wanted- is. So if you're listening, um, you know, I'll try to remember to put a uh, link in our uh, description of this episode so you can click it and then just subscribe. We're not going to harass you with shit, and you can always unsubscribe later. We just want this fucking... We want this fucking, uh, this name. Yeah. This little, this little so on YouTube, for those that don't know context, why we're asking until you have a hundred followers, you get a generic YouTube link. Once you have WX four GC 19, you know, it's just, a, just, it's like I one L nine zero O H V G. Like, it's just this long random thing. How do, how do I tell people to go check us out? We have a link tree, but it's like, what are you going to do? That one's tough too, right? But once we have 100 subscribers, we can actually make it last week in wrestling. That is not taken. The sooner we get it, the sooner we can have it. It'll be ours. uh, And it'll be way easier to like, subscribe, and hit that bell. (laughs) I cannot wait to say that. I'm not going to lie. Totally in on the joke just to make fun of uh, streamers. It's going to be great. So anyways, um, so here's just a taste. Get a taste of this. Get the gabagool. God, that's going to happen forever. We're going to do this forever. Uh, 2.0 is the tag team I am uh, joking about right here. They're very funny, and I love them very much. If you follow me on Instagram, I've posted about them recently. Um, But anyways, so uh, we're going to get into just a little bit of wrestling talk. If you're not interested, hey, by all means, I'm not going to say a whole lot in the outro, so you just go right ahead and get out of here if you want. This is your free get-out-of-jail-free card, all right? Uh, but if you want to hear us talk a little bit about wrestling and hear a little bit about what we're going to talk about, uh, feel free. I just wanted to do this because it's fucking fun. Uh, but we're going to talk about AEW Revolution. Uh, we On the show, uh, on the 14th, it's going to be our first show. We're going to be on Twitch, and then it will be posted the, the next day, I believe, on YouTube, so you can watch that on demand. Uh, but we are going to be covering not only this pay-per-view, but the following week's worth of shows, which is AEW Dynamite, a two-hour show, and AEW Rampage, a one-hour show on Fridays. And uh, so let's talk about this pay-per-view, because this is a big deal. And uh, we have... Uh, several matches. You have the buy-in matches, which are the uh, pre-show matches that you can just watch on YouTube or whatever. Yep. And um, uh, I'll let you take those because I actually don't have those on my list. So go for it. Sure. So uh, the first buy-in match, uh, assuming this the lay uh, the card in front of me is accurate, is Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander. Right? Yeah. So uh, interesting match. I think. I think uh, Chris Statlander. If you are familiar, she has a very unique 
physique and a very unique character. And I think it's really fucking interesting to watch her work in the ring, the way she approaches it. She is super strong. She doesn't look yeah. it, but I follow her on Instagram and holy fuck, she can move some weight. <laughs> she's uh, one of those people too. Uh, I'll just say this real quick. She's, she's like, like her other job is she's a stunt woman. Yeah. It's wild. She's a, she's a bit of a mid Carter and yeah. uh, she is, I like her, but she's one of those yeah. people where when she wrestles someone good, she looks real good because she has the yeah. skill, but she can't oh, yeah. carry people great. So if she wrestles yep. someone bad. She doesn't look great. She's not like a Britt Baker or a Thunder Rosa or, you know, any of these people that can kind of carry the person they're with because they're that good. Uh, Serena Deeb, especially. I mean, she's the best wrestler in that division in terms of bell to bell. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, so. Chris Statlander with Layla Hirsch. Layla Hirsch is the same way. She has a lot of potential. She cannot carry people. I have no idea how this match is going to go. My thing is a couple things. One slightly political. I don't want to get too much into it, but Layla Hirsch is from Moscow. Bad looks all around in America for Russia right now. Um, I don't know how that was. She's turning heel coincidentally. (laughs) I know. You know what I mean? So like there's a lot going on and it is not. Uh, uh, strange for wrestling to take those cultural moments that are happening in global events and use it in an angle or in, in a gimmick or whatever. Um, so that's interesting. That's an interesting thing that could occur. Uh, also, she is tiny compared to Chris Statlander. She's 4'10". Right? Or yeah. 4'11", something Statlander, like that. Yeah. Chris Statlander is like 6 foot, I was like 5'10 yeah, or something. But. She's bigger than I am. Like, yeah. Height-wise. Yeah. I got her in girth. Uh, in multiple ways. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my it's God. one of those things, like, what do you do with it, right? I mean, there is some interesting shit that can happen here, man, uh, depending on how they decide to go about it. However, I am going to say Chris takes it home for America. Now, here's the thing. You bring up a really good point with this Russian conflict that we're dealing with right now and the war going on there. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to post this stuff on Instagram and stuff, our predictions? Because if we are, I I have to switch, man. You make a great point. I, I think I might go Statlander now. Am I allowed to do that even though we just filmed a bunch of social media shit? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm allowed to change my mind. I'm a fucking adult. <laughs> Anyways. You are. Hey, flip-flop, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I'm, yeah, I, I, mean, I told you from the beginning, I said that I think Statlander will actually win, but I went with Layla Hurst. But now you say that, yeah. and I'm like, man, which way is he going to go? I mean, they went with Cody and Agogo, and they did the Britain versus the U.S. stupid storyline. Yeah, it was terrible. That. It's like the big regret Cody has when he was in AEW. I don't think they're going to make it a thing in this, but I think that's going to be that has to be in the back of Tony's mind. And how can it not be? But How if, if you be? want the pop at the end, that's going to be the populist move, right? You have to let Statlander win. Expect you have to. You cannot let a Russian unless you're trying to get heat. But I that's a that's a bold move right now in the political climate we live in. See, I thought I thought I thought Layla Hirsch might pull it off because they were going to continue this feud because uh, it hasn't gotten a lot of air on Dynamite no, or anything. So I'm thinking to myself, like maybe they'd push it forward and see how it goes possibly. Cause what else are they doing with those two? Um, I mean, the safe thing is to kabosh it and get it over with and move on. Cause who knows? Especially now. Well, especially yeah, now. I mean. So yeah, I got to go with you. Point. I got to go with you on this 
But then at the same time, part of me is like Tony Khan tries to be progressive with certain things. I'm not saying he always does it well. So it's like, are we going to try to put over this like Russian who now basically lives in America and like, you know, they're fine. And you know what I'm saying? But she's a heel. This is tricky now. You, I mean, yeah, it gets really deep into it. And we're spending far too much time on a buy-in match. Yeah, this is However, stupid. Anyways, we both agree Statland is winning this one. Statland is going to win. It's going to be interesting to see how Tony approaches it. I think he, it can be a way that is wildly tone deaf. Or wildly interesting, um, or they just end it and move on. I've never been so story. excited to watch this match. Now, <laughs> it's, it was not an exciting it. selling point. Okay, <laughs> I've been thinking about it for a while, and it's just like, man. Uh, okay, I, I, I assume they're just going to ignore it. You've, so the you've, next you've pulled match, me over. I, you pulled me yeah. over to your side. I'm with you. The next buy-in match, the other one that is free on YouTube, is Hook versus QT Marshall. Uh, Hook is super over right now. He is following in his father's footsteps in a more dynamic and interesting way, I think. I love Taz. Don't get me wrong. He was my favorite wrestler growing up. Uh, but Hook is just a better wrestler than Taz could ever dream to be. Um, and he is super fun to watch. And QT Marshall is the kind of guy that is there to massage younger wrestlers. And um, that that's exactly what's going to happen here. Well, maybe. We don't know. Don't. <laughs> don't prevail. Don't know what goes yeah. Hey. Uh, so I think QT is really going to put Hook over in this. So Hook takes it. One hundred. There's not even a doubt. Who who's putting their money on QT? I'll show you an idiot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, because yeah, the whole point it, is the whole point is QT is he he's the trainer. He's the guy that puts people over. He's sometimes the first person people get into feuds with because he can make people look good. And that's his whole gimmick is he owns a fucking wrestling school. Like yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> And and Hook yeah. is super over, dude. You're right. And he's uh he's, this is his first proper over. feud. And it's yep. it's a light feud, but it's it's a proper feud. I think uh, uh Hook, there's no well, fucking chance and Hook is awesome. Did you ever Man. think Hook would be as awesome as he actually is? You know, I didn't. I I didn't either because only because I assume his dad trained him. I don't actually know this. I assume his dad trained him. And Taz, while a great worker, not a great wrestler. Never I mean, he Thousand suplexes, I get it, and the Katahashime, got it, whatever. That's all he had. And, like, even a lot of times from what I've read, like, maybe not the best at executing some of those thousand suplexes, right? Yeah. And he's hurt some dudes. Um, regardless of all that, I love him. And assuming that Taz trained his kid, his kid is just taking the knowledge that Taz had. Again, wrestling legend, of course, Hall of Famer should be. Uh and just excelling in ways that you would never expect. Yeah. Because he's a small little guy, complete different. Fucking Taz, a little fucking New Yorker. His little refrigerator. Like bulldog. Brick yeah, shit house. That's right. Yeah. And his, this kid is just amazing. Yeah. He's just really fantastic. For to watch. fans of New Japan, he's he like he was like the uh, Tomohiro Ishii of ECW. Do you remember Ishii? Little brick house I, I know, of a man. I, he was, he wrestled yeah. uh, on AEW a few times. Uh, that's what Taz reminds me of almost, you know. Yeah. Um, He's just gonna walk out and like throws yeah. you around a little bit, and jokes you out, like. Yep, and and ECW that's all. First, maybe second, ECW World Champion, at least the the longest reigning. I mean, he he was a guy. Yeah, Hook is uh, Hook's great. Um, I mean, he has like proper fighting background too, like doing his what is what is he doing? Tight is it? I want to say Taekwondo, but I don't think that's right. It's some, some, uh, it's some martial art. I don't, I don't know which. Either way, though, but he, uh, he's smooth, he's fluid. He, it's, he's fun to watch. Um, dude, Jim Cornette even likes him. That's a, that's a 
something. He's over with barely saying anything ever. He's literally is, never said a word. It's yeah, it's wild. You know how hard that is to do? <laughs> like Every, yeah. just being over because you are that fucking good. He's great. All right. Stuff. Let's move uh, on. Next up, we got Jericho and Eddie Kingston, the Mad King. What do you think? Uh, Eddie Kingston, 100%. I'll tell you why. Um, they've been doing Eddie Kingston's story has actually been building since he first joined the company. Uh, this is the same thing with like Hangman Adam Page. I sent you that one like five or six part thing that tells you from when he came into AEW all the way to winning the title. Uh, mm-hmm. That like this was actually an ongoing story, even though there were like uh, ebbs and flows in terms of how uh, popular, or how used he was in the company. But his story mm-hmm. kind of continued. Everything fed into that. Uh, Eddie Kingston started off without a contract wrestling Cody Rhodes in a one off match to get the TNT title when Cody had a TNT open challenge thing. That's how Ricky Starks got in. And then he got a contract. Eddie Kingston came in. He got a contract. Um he also like Cody also fought Warhorse. Warhorse didn't get a, a contract. Um, and they're like, you know, not everyone that came in to fight him got one. But Eddie Kingston was one. Eddie Kingston's the the best shoot talker I've ever seen, probably, in terms of like realistic promos, not not like gimmick promos like MGF, who's probably the best talker in general. Um yeah. but Eddie Kingston is uh is something else, man. And so, uh, anyways, Eddie Kingston looks like any other Joe Everyman. He has like a beer gut, and he doesn't really look that looks like a dude from fucking New York. Yeah, like he just you looks find like him on any street corner in fucking Brooklyn. Yonkers, you know that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It, like, that's his jam. He's Tommy Dreamer, but way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Tommy Dreamer was built more than him in his prime. Even I mean, Eddie Kingston <laughs> yeah. is just. Um, this is probably the best he's ever looked. Too funny enough. So anyways, uh, Eddie, from the beginning, he cut a promo. It's the best promo I've seen him do in AEW probably still was the one he cut on Cody whenever he was basically like, dude, I lived in my fucking car. I sold my boots to pay my rent. Like, I have nothing. And if this means I get a payday, then I'm going to beat your ass. It was one of those things. Incredible. I mean, literally, like, up to that point, like, I don't think I've ever heard a promo that good. Like, it was just in terms of feeling real, right? Like, it gave me goosebumps. I'm listening to him. So anyways, like, uh, so he tells the story. He has lost how many pay-per-view matches up to this point? I don't even know if he's won. Like, uh, I well, I think he wrestled like Miro or something, but I think he lost that one too. The point is like, like Eddie keeps losing. Yeah. And he keeps losing and he's putting these guys over because he's like, he's been around for almost 20 years or whatever it's been. And uh, he keeps putting people over. He lost against Moxley when it mattered. Uh, he lost again, so-and-so and so-and-so like this. All of these things are happening um, and it's building up this idea that Chris Jericho very blatantly said in his heel turn promo against Eddie Kingston, <laughs> which was actually I like Jericho. Like I might actually like him now because I like him a billion times more as a as a heel these days. But uh, yeah. anyways, he uh, he basically called out Eddie Kingston and said, yo. Uh, you're just afraid to win. This has been passed down with your whole family. Your grandfather was this way. Your dad was this way. So on. Of course, he like bucks up to all this because you're talking about his yeah, fam. But um, but they're telling the story, and Eddie Kingston's finally over enough to resolve it. Um, what yeah. happens if Jericho wins? Nothing. Like what good comes out of that other than you get a rematch sometime? Yeah. Kingston has to and win eventually. And nobody wants that. No, no. And I think Jericho is in the same position that QT Marshall is, but on a higher level. Way he higher. is there to help yeah. other talent. 
right? That is what he is there for. Yeah. That's his job in AEW. Uh, and Eddie Kingston, it's his time as far as I'm concerned. He uh, has to it, win. It's, it's been his time. There's no, if he loses this, where's he go? Well, what that's my point. Do they continue yeah. it? That's stupid because he's going to win eventually. So why postpone I, it? Yeah. The other thing is it. he's already, this is a continuation of a story that's been going on for over a year. So it's like, yeah. what's what, like, what does Chris have to, Chris Jericho does not need to win. The W no. does not need to fall in his favor. Uh, Kingston all the way. It only makes sense story-wise. Um, if not, I'm curious to see what happens because I literally have no idea why you would do anything else. Uh, it would have to be, it would take a lot for me to be on board with Jericho winning, but we'll see. I agree with you 100%. On this next one, I also agree with you 100%. Uh, Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. For those of you who don't know, I'm trying to avoid that because I've already told people to fuck off if they don't want to hear wrestling. So I'm assuming people know about <laughs> wrestling if they're still listening. But here's the thing. John Moxley was starting a heel turn. He was about to do a heel turn with Eddie Kingston at a certain point uh, a few months ago. And then he uh, ended up just dropping off the face of the earth. And you found out that he had uh, problems with alcohol and he went into rehab. So uh, he did the jam. He did the program, the whole deal, you know, and he came back. He looks better than ever. And he was, um, he's looking fit and furious. Yeah. Very <laughs> proud of him. Seriously. Like so much love to John Moxley and you can't make him a heel now. Like, how do you do that? He just went through so much no real shot. shit in his life. Like openly. people openly, openly, very openly. Yeah. And people are, they want to love him now. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Danielson is notoriously the type of person who wants to lose to everyone because he's not a competitive person. He just wants to put everyone over. And so yep. literally promoters are like, no, you need to win this. <laughs> like, um, so I know Brian Danielson doesn't give a fuck losing John Moxley. Right. Um, so John Moxley has to win this. There's no other, like for as much as I don't want Brian Danielson to lose because I love Danielson. I've already been very outspoken about. He's probably my favorite guy in AEW. Um, Moxley's got to win. And the, the other thing to that, too, is uh, what an interesting story that will be afterwards, because leading into it, Danielson has been trying to get Mox to join him. And, uh, you know, start I was just going to bring that up. Like, it, I think Mo uh, Mox has to win. So and Danielson's going to bleed. Right. Because he, he literally said that a couple weeks ago. Like, you have to bleed with me. Yeah, I think they're both going to get fucking opened up. And I think Mox is going to win. And then some sort of like weird. You know, Danielson doing this thing that he's doing and Moxley Baby says like it's gonna be they're gonna work together somehow after this. This is building up to something else, I think. Yeah. He, he, so, it has to. so here here's it has here's to. the other thing. Um I think Brian I think John Moxley's barely going to beat him. It will not be a flat out yeah, decisive. Yeah. It will be barely to the extent that he will win Moxley's respect. Yes. And I think because Moxley's an anti hero, right? He is a yep. he's a baby face, but he's not above fucking you up. Like he'll just beat you up. Like he's a, he's he, a baby yeah, face he, bully, he, right? He wants to win and he will do what it takes. Yeah. And so that with that anti-hero mindset and with Brian Danielson, you know, you have, um, uh, he's a heel outright, like st straight. Up. I mean, he just beat the shit out of Christopher Daniels on dynamite. Like after the bell, right? He just starts kicking the shit out. Yeah. He's a straight up heel. But he's selling it hard right before revolution for sure. But they have a joint interest in this one overlapping yep. sliver of a Venn diagram. 
where they both share a similar interest in violence and essentially winning, and they don't want to put up with bullshit. Both of them. Yep. I see them possibly working together. There will mm-hmm. be conflicts, of course, with their difference and with their different kind of moral behavior, uh, if you call it that. Their their alignment, <laughs> right? Moral, yeah, yeah. Uh, their their alignment. And uh, I think it's going to end up in a rematch eventually uh, to kind of end their partnership after everything, after they do the wording. Yep. hundred percent agree. 100% so agree. I think that's what's going to happen. And and possibly at that point, one of them might have a title, which I think would be really cool. I mean, if, Moxley was almost in that picture until the rehab thing. I mean, it would only make sense. I mean, he's been the champ and, before, but if he were in, if he right, were the champ I mean. again, like he's building back up. Yeah. And Danielson obviously is always a contender. I mean, yeah. The problem yeah. is, if Danielson has the belt, I think he would drop it to Moxley at that point, and I wouldn't want him to drop it yet. Because I, I, I don't want this storyline to go so long that that would be relevant. But I'm curious to see how it plays out. So anyways, we talked too long about that. So uh, that's that one. So next, next one, going to go quick through it, because I don't have a lot to say about this one. The Tornado Trios match, Hardy, uh, Andrada, uh, Cassidy versus Sting, Darby, and uh, Sammy. Yeah, we. I mean, we all I, know I, that Sting, Sting Darby, and Darby and Sammy are going to win this. Yeah. It's the stupidest there's thing no ever. No way, there. There's no way the Hardy crew. Fuck it, no shot. No chance. That's what you got. That's what you got. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yep, that's that's one. what uh, Andrade, uh, Hardy, and Isaiah have. No chance. Uh, be- especially because Sammy and Darby are working toward this um this little respectful feud. Um, they mm-hmm. just, it's really over the title. They don't hate each other kind of a thing. Yep. And Sting's a legend and he's in his yes. fucking sixties doing matches as and good as he did when he was in his forties. Fucking yeah. ass. He'll still beat your ass. Uh, the dog collar match. I want to come back to because I think we're, you know, what? I don't think because we're both waffling on this one. We don't know. Is CM Punk versus MJF. I think CM Punk is going to win. I want MJF to. I am on the same page and I have no, this this is all I'm going to say on it because I want to talk about this other thing. Um, this storyline has been played very well in a way that I have no fucking idea what's going to happen. It is so well done. It is incredible. I want MJF to win. I'm wearing the shirt. Yep. I love MJF. He's my number one in AEW. Uh, both mainly, you know, we talked about dialogue. I'm a dialogue guy. This guy's the best talker in the game right now. Nobody's better. The Rock came back and was actually a wrestler. Maybe The Rock beat him. I don't think The Rock's uh, as good as MJF, personally. <sighs> now, The Rock is... I, it's been so long since I've seen The Rock. That may be true. Maybe he's lost it. Well, The Rock, it was such a gimmick. This is like believable heel promo. You know what I, I'm saying? It does. It, that's, that's fair. There are two different ways of doing it, but I still think in terms of delivery and how you get over and engage the audience, they both do it on a over. level yeah. that is yeah. so fucking different. That being said, I mean, that's true. Yeah. How do you bet against CM Punk? I don't particularly like CM Punk. I like him in the ring. I think he's a good worker sometimes. I think he can be boring other times. Um, I don't particularly think he's very good on the mic. Uh, but everybody seems to fucking love the guy. So I think he's going to win. I want MJF to win. I don't know why, because the storyline has been told so fucking well. It's I have no clue. I, ended, I don't know. I mean, I'm a bigger CM Punk fan than you, but I'm by no you means are. a diehard. Yeah. But here's, I'm still surprised that you don't think his his mic works great. That's something I actually it's, think it's, he's great at. But I think it's not been, an MJF level, but I think he's great. I think it's been better than it was before he got directly into it with MJF. I think MJF is elevating him. 
Um, so interesting because his shit with uh, Kingston too is so good. It was fine. He just, he has the same issue that uh, Danielson has for me. He makes, he sells it as a human a little bit more than Danielson does on the mic, but it still just sounds so rehearsed and robotic. I just don't buy it. Wow. Uh, It just doesn't sell for me. Just a quick question though. How does it feel to be wrong? I'm not. Uh, So the face (laughs) of the revolution ladder match Wardlow, Keith Lee, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starrs, Orange Cassidy, and one more to be determined uh, tomorrow on Rampage. I believe. Yeah. Um, I think we're in agreement here too. Uh, who we want to win, I think, and who we think is oh. going to win, I think, is different. Well, let me, let me say um, one thing before we say this because this is going to be a sure. similar caveat here: the MGFC and Punk thing. Here's my yeah. thing: I have not finished the Dynamite from from uh, yesterday yet. So uh, by yesterday, I mean when we're, we're recording us on Thursday before I leave. So Wednesday night dynamite, I have not finished yet. I do have Ooh. seen stuff uh, where I'm pretty. Sh- do not tell me yes or no. I'm gonna look away from you. Uh, I'm pretty sure that like Ward- Wardlow like slaps uh, MJF in the face or something. Like something, some confrontation happens or vice versa. I know a confrontation happens, right? Um, but I, I am still, I still think the turn for Wardlow might happen at this at this pay per view, uh, and you almost let something slip earlier. I think, um, and so I think I'm. I think I'm spot on with this. I I think uh, the reason that CM Punk will win though is because of Wardlow. I just want to clarify because I want MJF to win, but I mm-hmm. think it, MJF can lose and still be a top guy, like still be great oh, yeah. if Wardlow fucks that up, and then their feud can continue and CM Punk's can rest. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah. it's a great transition, keeps MJF in the picture. Everyone wants to fucking see that. Whenever when 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 uh, CM Punk wrestled uh, Wardlow, all people wanted to see was Wardlow versus MJF. <laughs> like like everyone forgot Punk for like a couple of weeks, and then now everyone like you and I want to see this match. Uh, and a similar thing with this uh, face of the revolution, which is why I brought that up. Um, I think Keith Lee's gonna win. You agree with this? Yeah. So do I. I do. I think Keith Lee's gonna win. He can't lose yet. Bask in our glory. Come on. You got it. The dude is so fucking good. He is incredible. Now, here's the thing. Keith Lee, he just got here. I know they're going to push him as a to the moon. Like, he's great. Yep. Um, he he's can't lose yet. As massive unless, and this is a, the little caveat like I did with MJF and Wardlow, unless someone else comes in or one of the guys in the ring fucks Keith Lee over in some way that causes him to lose. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, I'm not saying this is going to happen. This isn't even a guess, but say Powerhouse Hobbs pulls Keith Lee down so Ricky Starks can get the thing, you know, or something, you know. If it leads to Keith Lee having a vendetta, you know, kind of feud, which with is someone, going to be so. Yeah, okay. I'm going to pause you there just because I'm going to agree with you. I think that vendetta is going to be hap- uh, is going to happen with Powerhouse Hobbs. They've been building up to it. Um, you yeah. know, the past few weeks, Powerhouse keeps coming in and being a dick. Well, well, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Ricky Starks does. Yeah. Um, and Powerhouse is kind of the enforcer behind it. Sure. I want Keith Lee to win. I think he will win unless one of those happens. You know who but I don't I want to win? I also want fucking Warlord oh. to win Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I don't want... If yeah, Orange yeah, Cassidy yeah, wins... Do I. I'm so uh, over it. I'm, I'm going to so fucking quit. It. And, and when, on, the, on, the, on the show, uh, on the real show, the real wrestling show, we'll talk about Orange Cassidy sometime. I don't hate him, by the way. I think he has a place. You and your fucking thumbs up. Um, but he has a place. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's here. 
<laughs> I mean, he could be in the match, but to win, I don't think that's how Send you play this ROH. guy. Yeah, exactly, right? So uh, yeah. Wardlow would be interesting because here's another thing. Here's another thing. The whole thing, because I agree with you. If it's not Keith Lee, it's Wardlow, and Keith yeah. Lee gets fucked over and starts a, a feud. I'm going to go with Keith Lee, so Wardlow yeah. is the yeah. other because if Wardlow wins, what is his con- contract with, with MJF? He has to forfeit the belt. So if if that happens, that's where the feud begins. He doesn't give him the belt or, or something happens where, where they do that. But then at that time, then does Wardlow interfere in the MJF? Like, I, there's a lot up in the air. That MJF CM Punk is these, one of the best stories they've done because I literally these can't These two tell matches you. we're talking about right now, yeah, it's fucking insane. And it's... <sighs> a lot of complex storytelling going on here. There is. Continue. Uh, TBS Women's Championship match: Jade Cargill versus Ty Conte. Jade's gonna win. It's still her time. Yep. And uh, uh, I in really the, don't care. In the almighty words of uh, Charlie Eckenbarger, who cares? Jade Cargill. <laughs> yeah. AEW <laughs> Tag Team Championship match: uh, Jurassic Park. God damn it, dude! That was a joke. That, that Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks. Uh, I said it, and I'll say it again. I'm sticking to it. I don't think Jurassic Express's time is over. As much as I would like to see Red Dragon win, because I love Bobby Fish uh, and O'Reilly, I think those two are masterful in-ring workers. They're Agreed. super exciting to watch. Uh, they have amazing tag team chemistry, but so does Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. The Young Bucks, they had their time. They're there because they have to be because they're over and they're good workers, and they'll put these other two teams yep. over. Here's uh, the thing with Jurassic but I think Express. Jurassic uh, retains and Red Dragon, I would like to win, but probably not. I like Luchasaurus. I like the next person, okay? He is a guy that gets a hot tag and does some big moves. Yeah, the only per, like and and by no means is Jungle Boy a Shawn Michaels, but I'm just saying he's the Shawn Michaels of the Rockers. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, sure. yep, hundred percent. Like he is the guy. It doesn't mean that Luchasaurus can't work. It doesn't mean he's bad at it. He's just not a star. He will be a mid carter yeah. without Jungle Boy. That's just how it is. Oh yeah. And so with he Jungle- elevates Jungle Boy, the shit they do together. Yeah, because yeah, he can cool. do the lifts and throw people around. One hundred percent. And they can work together. That but fucking dra- move where they uh, Jungle Boy, where they f- like he just flips a dude and then Jungle Boy does like the power bomb out of it. It's disgusting. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, but my point is, like, I just don't. I've never really thought of them as a great tag team. They do cool stuff. But it's like Jungle Boy's the star here. It's like so obvious. I agree with you. So I don't think it's it doesn't affect in a this. Place but. For Jungle Boy, well, it does though, right? In a way, because I don't think the time is over for that reason. There's no place else for Jungle Boy to go, really, because his his next step is up outside of tag, right? It has to be. It has to be. He's Something. not a tag. He is a tag wrestler right now, but he can be a successful singles. He's done wrestler. a lot of singles matches already. Yeah. Exactly. So when he's done with this, it's going to be when it's there's a place for him to move up, and I don't see it anywhere in the storylines, unless with the ROH acquisition, like there's some other new crossover belt. Maybe he can be like a high mid Carter, like Intercontinental type thing. But for now, I don't see Red Dragon taking it just yet. Yeah. So they will eventually. So don't here's my theory. Here's even more prediction for me. Jurassic Express, Express, Jurassic Park, as you Jurassic were saying. Jurassic Park, yeah. Um, yeah. Retain, for sure. That is 100%, yeah. because what's the real story here? Uh, Jurassic Express has only, like, defended their titles, like, three times or two times. Like, not many at all. They did yeah, it with, like, twice, yeah. yeah, it's, like, the Luchas and someone else. Like, I don't even remember. So, yeah. so they're keeping it, for sure. Um, But much like Hangman Page, which we'll talk about later, their title run has not been great. 
Um, it's short, so, though, still. It is. And so is Hangman's to an extent. I mean, he's had it for a while, but he's only had like three matches. So right. they, and he doesn't they show gotta, up a lot. And- they got to do more with these fuckers, right? So yeah. the thing is, Jurassic Express needs more time. Uh, but the real story of this match is not Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express is an obligation because they have the titles. The story of this is Red Dragon and Young Bucks fighting over Adam Cole. And they're yep. kind of in feud where they're trying to get along. But deep down, they hate each other almost. Right. Oh, yeah. in, and so uh, I, yeah, this I, match I, is I, not about Jurassic Express. No, I told you before all of these uh, battle royales that I thought it would be Red Dragon and Young Bucks because that's the story to tell. And then yep. what happens when they lose? It's obviously going to be the fault of the other tag team. Jungle mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jurassic Express win. I almost said Jungle Boy, but Jurassic. He might win. <laughs> he might be the one. But <laughs> Jurassic Express wins and Red Dragon and Young Bucks go into a proper feud, which makes builds more for Adam Cole because we'll mm-hmm. get to what I think is going to happen in that match. Uh, which doesn't look great for him, but it's fine. <laughs> Um, but I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot, uh, going on so we can go, we can move on from that. But I just think that I am so hyped, dude, to see a fucking young bucks, red dragon match, especially at the next pay-per-view at double or nothing. Yeah. If they pull that off there, holy shit. The second main event, I call it the second main event because my girl's in it. Uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. I am Admittedly, 100% biased. I will not go against DMD. I want her to win. I think she'll win. Despite you being right on every account, I have no reason to believe that she will. But I refuse to say otherwise because I will hoping. not put that juju out in the world. Because <laughs> DMD. She's great. She's the, she, all around, she's probably the best that they have. Um, she's probably one of the best female wrestlers in America right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm going to stand one or two others. I'm going to stand by it. Bell to bell. I think Serena Deeb is not only the best in AEW, but probably better than most, if not all of the WWE and their divisions. Very good. WWE's women's division, despite their matches sucking, but so many suck their talent. They just swallowed up all the great women's wrestlers. So well, um, their matches sucking is because of how prescribed most of it is. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, it's not. I don't blame yeah. them. It's just like yeah. Brian Danielson when he was Daniel yeah. Bryan, his matches sucked at the end. Um, but clearly it's not his fault because he's put on bangers every fucking time, even just like Wednesday. He put on a banger with Christopher yeah. Daniels, who I'm not a huge fan of, even though I think he's very talented. But it's like it was dude, a good match. That was probably that was my favorite. Match, but we can talk about this some other time. Yeah, probably my favorite Christopher Daniels match in AEW, though, because <laughs> you know? I just I mean, thought it was it, so it, well done. Um, it was fun. It was a little clunky from Daniels part, but it's fine. Yeah. Fifty one years it. old, dude. Fuck off. Yeah, I get it. He's old and he had a bad eye. Um. But uh, yeah, so the Thunder Rosa Baker match. Baker's great. Um, Thunder Rosa, I think, is probably the second great in the thing. So this is huge. They have the uh, hardcore lights out match that they did. Complete classic. Mm-hmm. Such a great match. Um, so I'm not going to put over a lot of women's matches in AEW, not because of the women, but because they're booked poorly. And uh, AEW kind of has a women's division problem. Not that they don't have talent, but... Um, I don't it's not know. developed enough. It's just not developed. So, uh, but then at the same time, a lot of because it's not developed, and a lot of these people are green. It's like, do you put yeah. it on the national television show and it sucks? I get, I get the the balance, right? A lot of the women's yeah, division wrestles. There are so many women's matches on dark and dark elevation, right? But not yeah. the main uh, brand. Uh, so, and that's the way it should be right now until 
they, they get help. Yeah, because I want more women's <laughs> or it matches. Or just develop further. I yeah. want more. I mean, uh, but I just don't. You can see the talents there, 100%. Yeah. But, you know, these are young women's wrestlers because, like you said, WWE has all the fucking vets. Yeah. Right? I mean, except for Serena. Yeah. Which they did for a while, but not, you know, not now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyways, the the point, <clears throat> excuse me, the point is I'm getting choked up. <laughs> not really. Um, but <laughs> uh, I, I'm a huge DMD fan. Okay. So Baker's great. Uh, I think this is Thunder Rosa's time. Baker's had it for too long. Uh, no matter how much I love her. But here's the thing. We've talked about this. Baker doesn't need the title anymore. She's over. She's fucking transcended needing a belt to validate her. And uh, I think Thunder Rosa, unfortunately, still does. I think that will elevate her. Uh, and they had that feud because of the uh, Lights Out match, and they put it off. This is that long-term storytelling that AEW has become known for, and now it's it's growing. And, and the whole thing is, Thunder Rosa, yes, she beat her the first time. She beat Baker the first time. But as Baker loves to remind her, who came out of that, like, the real highlight? And it was Baker. She lost, but she was the one people were talking about. And so I think it's Thunder Rosa's time. So we can disagree there, though. I know why you're disagreeing. I think you actually agree with me. But um, I, I refuse to say it. But we know. <laughs> All right. I think there's only one more. There is uh, Hangman Page versus Adam Cole for the AEW World Championship match. I can be short and sweet here. I think Hangman Page is boring. I don't think he's very exciting in the ring. I don't think he's very exciting on the mic. I don't care about cowboy shit. Uh, I was super hyped when he was feuding against Kenny Omega because I thought that was really good. But ever since then, I've been bored. I think he has had, like you said, same as uh, Jurassic Express, not a great title run this far. Um, on the other hand, we see Adam Cole every motherfucking show just killing it, right? Like the boom is here. And I wouldn't have said that when he first debuted. I hated him, but I am in. I am all in on Adam Cole now. I think he's the guy. I think he's far more exciting, far more interesting. And he I also like really this, knows how to be a champ. I mean, if he does like whereas I feel like sometimes Hangman doesn't quite know what to do with that responsibility. Like when he comes out, he still talks like an underdog to an extent. Like even if he's yeah. talking tough, it feels very that underdog. Yeah. Adam, it's not, it's, he's not. Yeah. Adam, Adam Cole, Cole is, fucking knows. He's already talking like he's the fucking world champion. Um, he's the greatest. And it's just sold. And like I said, I think it's just the buildup here to what is happening for various reasons from a storytelling perspective has been super quick, not super interesting. And we're in a place where it just feels like how does, and I think this is purely because of screen time, how does Hangman Page beat Adam Cole, right? Adam Cole is out there every week and just punishing people, really, in various ways, whether it's from him or because he's getting help. Regardless, he's out there winning. He's out there doing things. He's out there getting over. Hangman shows up and I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, because he's not out there doing the things until like maybe the past two weeks. I'm not sold on the guy. I think he's a boring champion. I think it makes sense for ratings. And moving on away, away from Hangman Page to have Adam Cole as a champion and move on to something more interesting. Let it be clear. Having a more interesting and dynamic champion. Let it be clear. I want Adam Cole to be the champion. I think mm -hmm. out of all the new acquisitions that they've gotten in AEW with Malachi Black, uh, uh, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, uh, even Keith Lee, who's so new, only having had one match that uh, he's not ready for the title, right? Yeah, no. Um, he needs to build up the AEW fan base and and do what he does best. You know, he's great. Yeah. 
I think the one guy out over of, so hard. Yeah, he just needs the time. All of the acquisitions they've got, the one person I see as a champion that though he doesn't need the belt, I think he could wear it very well as Adam Cole. I do not believe he's going to win this. I literally have not heard a single person but you say that Adam Cole's going to win. <laughs> I don't see why anybody. This I don't, is I don't um, get it because I don't get it. Yeah, because uh, yeah, this is this is not the time. This is like his first pay per view. Uh, defense. They're just not going to. What do a it. time! I mean, but I would love to see he it. Sucks. He sucks. I know, but I, I will say He's this. So boring. I will say this, man. I think if they played it differently, we'd be singing a different tune. He'll never be an Adam Cole champion. I think Adam Cole would always be better than him. But my, he is the better Adam. <laughs> like, um, but uh, Adam but leaps and bounds. Page yeah. is a mid carder at best. See, I, I think. Like, Okay, yeah, I think the upper mid card and occasionally going for title shots or whatever, but he's just, he's, I think he can be really great. We saw it with Kenny Omega. We saw it with Brian Danielson. He can do yeah, these I mean, things. And yeah. to an extent, he can elevate some people. Not always. It depends on how they it's, are. In the big matches, it's him being elevated, though. Kenny Omega. I, I think he carries like himself that. just fine in those. Yeah. I disagree. I disagree. How I just so? think he's a boring wrestler. I just don't think he's an interesting wrestler. He so he, it feels like he gets he gets the hype because of how well his opponents sell what he's doing. The buckshot that's a that's a cool move and it gets sold well and it gets over and over the way he lands it because of his, the way the opponent sells it. But as like a human in the ring, he's a good worker, a boring character. I don't think he's Cowboy a great shit. character. That got over Cowboy so shit fast. Isn't interesting. Yeah, that got over so fast because they said shit on TV. Probably I wasn't yeah. there when it happened, but like, what other I mean, reason yeah, is there? He just said it one time, and then it organically just took. Like people start bringing which signs. is the best. Yeah, you got to run with it. You he fucking got. It, he got over. And and the thing is, he was in the Bullet Club and uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor and all that stuff. And uh, as they talked about on the show, uh, Adam Cole at one point was the leader. Kenny was the leader at one point. Cody was a leader at one point. All of them had Adam Page. He was always the mid card guy. What you're saying. Mm-hmm. He was always the guy that was either a tag partner or wrestling, you know, some mid card match at New Japan. And then he gets here and he's doing all this stuff. Uh, you know, I thought the best promo of his life is after like right before he won the title, like leading up to the Kenny matches were the best yeah. promos I'd ever heard him say because I never felt like he sounded confident at all. But I think that, the, that the one a, thing that was good. The one thing I like about Paige is he is just a white meat baby face. Like in the most classic traditional sense, I don't want him to be champ anymore. But part of me is also like, I want to see what they can do with him if they'll just fucking do something with him. Like, why isn't when? he on shows? How long are we gonna wait though? That's like, what I'm saying. The past three, like maybe two, three, maybe last three cards is the most I've seen him since he's been champion. But here, like, hold on, though. I know he took that break or whatever, and it's like. But here's the thing, though. Here's my question, though. He's missed multiple dynamites. Yeah. Why isn't he front, front and front row center? I don't know I don't why. I don't get it. it Same just, thing with Jurassic it, I, Express. Like they're they're nowhere. How are you building yeah, I mean, these guys up? So part of me is wondering, sense. like, is it even their fault to an extent? Like, I think to an extent they're as good as they are. But man, you're not even like like. Are you trying to hide their flaws? Like Jungle Boy, who has grown dramatically on the mic but he's still not great you know like he used to just really suck now he's just like fine but it's like like i get are you hiding their inadequacies like like what are we doing here because i don't understand 
why when Hangman's music hits, people still freak out? Is it because they don't yeah, see don't, him all the time? Like I, I don't, I don't I, know what the thing is. Yeah, absence uh, makes the heart grow fonder, right? I mean, it, but it doesn't for me. I don't know. I don't. I'll, I'll tell you I this, just haven't man. Seen him. I don't care. This is like the, I don't want him that belt. He's boring. Yeah, I, and again, I wish Adam Cole would win. I, I don't mind. I think at some point AEW needs to have a uh, like someone wins it on a pay per view the very next one they lose it just to show like hey we actually have short runs sometimes right so what I don't what I don't uh, maybe don't understand don't agree with I'm not sure if I don't agree with it or not but like the whole idea of like well let's see what they can do they've had three months to see what he can do right is what I don't get like why how long are we gonna wait for Tony Khan to get this guy out there and do well things? they've been around for over three years okay and they have had <laughs> uh, uh, Adam Page is the fourth champion Chris Jericho John Moxley Kenny Omega that's how long title reigns are in AEW it's gotta so, change this sucks I definitely don't think he's gonna make it um let me put it this way double or nothing depending on who he faces I might choose the other person do I think he's gonna win at the first pay-per-view that he has since he won the title I'm telling you I would bet money and I'm not a betting man Regardless of what I want, Hangman's leaving with the title. And I want to say this real quick, though, because that's the that's that's the main event because it's the title change. And you're welcome to retort to that in a second. But um, let me tell you what the biggest matches on this fucking show are. MJF uh, versus CM Punk. And, and that's the main event. But, but the biggest caliber match like that one is the biggest best match. It's been built. But MJF is not the star that CM Punk or Brian Danielson or any of those guys are. He is to us. But I mean, he's not the yeah. recognizable figure, right? Though he does flip off like kids and stuff at like meet and greets. It's really awesome. So, um, really but good. Brian Danielson and John Moxley is one of the rare feuds that I've seen where you have two huge, over well-known guys that are actually going to duke it out, and they're still great. Like, yep. like Jericho has been in several feuds like that, but it's like he's not great anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I just don't think he's very good. <laughs> so it's like you have two dudes that are still fucking awesome. And they're yeah. gonna duke it out, like <clears throat> I like. I'll just be honest. I don't think John Moxley's a great wrestler, but he just has a persona. He has a character about him. His presence is so. That's good. That's the word I was looking for. His presence, yeah, his presence gets yeah. him over. You know, like I don't think he's a great wrestler at all, but he can <laughs> he can really get people over, and he knows how to get himself over. So he's huge, and Brian Danielson's huge, and I'm just not used to seeing uh, feuds of that caliber on AEW. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with you on both accounts. Uh Sam Punk and MJF is going to is going to be probably unless it's just a huge stinker which I don't think it will be my match of the night. I I can uh, I know it already. I'm going into it thinking it'll be that um Brian Danielson and John Moxley could very much be very close, tied perhaps for that. Um, I'm not excited at all, really, for the Hangman Page match, just because I think he's boring. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa is probably going to be up there. They're both good workers. Uh, th there's a lot of good matches, but there is those two, the ones that you just mentioned, Punk, MJF, Danielson, Moxley, that really stand out. Uh, compared, when you look at the rest of this card, for me anyway, I'm like, yep, those are the ones. Those are the matches I want to see. Um, and I'm willing to say it's not even close. <laughs> oh, I, I would, too. This is unfortunately a pay-per-view that I think will be awesome because 
AEW has good workers, period. So it's like we're we're out of promo time on a pay-per-view. Now yeah. it's just bell to bell, right? Yeah, and yeah. so because of that, I think it's going to be great. But it's like in terms of me being excited about matches, the two that we have just talked about are the only two that would make me like buy this pay-per-view. And those yeah. two alone would make me do it, too. That's how much yep. I'm excited about it. I agree. Whereas the Hangman, uh, Kenny Omega, like that last paper, All In, dude. That was good. <coughs> Excuse me. All In was fucking incredible. It's really good. Holy really shit. Good. It was so good. So, um, just, yeah. The, the, the thing that kills me, though, it doesn't, it doesn't kill me. That's too dramatic. Like, Revolution is being, and maybe they, maybe they do this every time. I've only been around watching AEW regularly live for a few months um, since I got back into wrestling. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe they do this every time, but they, they basically have been like, you know, this is the biggest card we ever booked. Like, this is the hugest thing that we've ever done. Uh, and I just don't agree. All In was better. <laughs> yeah. In terms of booking and what we're looking at. Yeah. Um, and I'm worried that it's not going to live up to the hype. Well, but I think it could be, it could just be the hype of a pay per view coming up. Right. I mean, well, here's the thing I though. I, I challenge you to, you can just Google it. Don't actually do this as rhetorical. You can just Google it. See if anyone other than Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, or Excalibur are saying this and Tony Khan. Uh, like, I think this is just hype for the, like, this is the biggest car we've had. Okay. It's like, dude, fuck. Yeah, I don't want, I don't do the, the journalist like you do. Okay. Uh, I don't I think mean, I watch anyone a couple podcasts and like listen to like a couple news things, but I know you're much deeper into the, yeah. the journalism. And Hangman Page, for example, is super polarizing. Some people love him as no, the champ, and then some people are more on your. How boat. he's done nothing, literally done nothing. It's 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 the whole story, and every time he comes out, they love what he does. Holy shit, it sucks. Yeah. Anyways, the more I talk about him, the more I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yep podcast is going to end uh on the first episode whenever adam cole loses and then charlie gets too mad and won't watch wrestling anymore all right uh we're gonna close out i'm probably gonna end up just making this like bonus content because we're already like almost three hours in so so anyways uh dude thank you for kind of bailing me out a bit and uh being a ringer it was your idea so i don't even feel bad about it um, and everybody who wants to listen to us uh, talk much more intensely about wrestling, I'm sure this was just like a little promotion thing where we mostly agree. Um, but uh, if you want to hear us talk about wrestling on March 14th, we will be live streaming on Twitch. It is twitch.tv backslash. Hold on. Uh, LWIW pod. Uh, so you can find that. I'll put that in the description. Um, that is last week in wrestling. LWIW pod. Okay. Uh, yeah, dude, this was fun. Always is, sort of, I guess. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> All right, later, man. Thanks for having me. All right, that was our bonus content. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please always, uh, you know, check out our content, both the main show and our bonus content as it comes out. You can do that uh, and know when it happens. You can be notified. You know, it, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is subscribe to our show uh, on you know iTunes podcast, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Follow, subscribe. It really helps us out sincerely. 
and I really appreciate you guys so much for listening. Uh, thank you so much. All the things. We love you. Good night. Good luck. And take it easy. Thank you.